Hey there, welcome to the Pine Island Experience Podcast. I'm Joanna Anderson with my husband, Trigby. Each of our episodes will be conversations with fellow Pine Islanders. The goal of our podcast is to share with you our experiences, what we have found to be fun, and what makes the Pine Island Experience so unique. have to save the whole hive um, as far as when I say the hive, all of the comb. Um, you've got their eggs, uh, you've got brood, uh, things like that. So if you can get some of their eggs and, and brood and things like that with maybe a frame or two uh, of honey or the opposite, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, frames of brood and, you know, frame of honey or something like that, um, then you can put the bees from my vacuum uh, bucket back in there and if as long as the queen is there um you know with them they'll pretty readily take that new hive on and if it's large enough but some of these hives are are so large so um i've given them to other beekeepers as well like if i don't have you know the capacity uh, or the time when things really start picking up i can give them to other beekeepers that i know who, who like to have them or you know whatever but you definitely bees will travel you know it can travel three to five miles you know uh and, and then come back to their hive. So you don't want to relocate them, you know, too uh, too close to the location they were taken, uh, or they may, you know, find their way back. You are listening to Matt Anderson, owner of Anderson Bee Removal, discussing how to safely relocate a new beehive. Matt is a state-licensed beekeeper trained in the safest and most effective ways to remove bees and relocate them to a new safe environment. Matt says he loves this island and he loves the community and getting to meet people, getting to help people, and just do right by them. Now, here's Matt. Welcome, Matt Anderson. Good last name. I don't have to ask you how to pronounce it. Oh, thank you. (laughs) It's good to be here. Thank you. Um, And I I did meet you when you were removing bees over at our friend's Jill's house. Right. Yep. So we talked about it, but thanks for, you, you immediately said yes. The podcast, yeah. so we appreciate that. Yeah, I, I find uh, sometimes saying yes to strangers uh, can turn out to be a good thing, and uh, especially with you know island people, I love to get to know island people and who they are. So uh, it's no problem to to say yes and, and help people out on the island. So that's a great thing to do. Most people they immediately say no, and then they change it and they say, "Why did I say that?" I'll say yes. So. That's a, that's a great skill that I you I think have. there's a book about that uh, that I'm wanting to read sometime soon about just how you interact with people you don't know and, and uh-huh. you know, walking through doors that you may otherwise not have, have walked through. Um, just takes a little gumption and, well, and a yes, I suppose. I'm glad you said yes. Me too. So we like to start in the beginning uh, with where you're from, where you grew up, sure. about your family. Mm-hmm. Can you fill us in? Yeah, uh, I grew up in South Fort Myers uh, in an area called Briarcliff. Uh, a lot of the locals will know kind of where that is. Maybe not Pine Islanders, uh, but Fort Myers, Cape Coral people will know where that is. Um, my grandfather moved into Briarcliff. He was one of the first people to move back there. Uh, we were on a dirt road. Our street was named Anderson Lane after us. So, uh, but over the years, yeah, over the years, Briarcliff um, turned out to be sort of a, a very affluent neighborhood, and we were just sort of the some of the first to to be back there, and we're just grateful to to have a spot back there. I grew up in the woods; it was very 
um, agricultural and, and whatnot, large parcels back then, uh, you know, when it was cheap. And uh, as a kid, me and my brothers were able to just play in the woods and, and hike around and do things we love. I'm married now. Uh, I'm 38 in April. So uh, me and my wife, Rachel, have been married for 11 years, oh. going on 12. And we have two boys. Uh, one's name is Grant. He is nine. The other is James. He is five. Um, she works at my son's school, uh, which is Fort Myers Christian School. Uh, she's highly administrative, highly organized. I always tell people she could be the president's secretary tomorrow and just kind of figure it out. You know, she's that kind of a, a driven girl. And uh, I work for Cape Coral Fire Department uh, when I'm not doing bees. And uh, I'm a paramedic firefighter for them. Uh, I've been in the fire service now for about eight years and uh, really, really enjoy it. Love it. And um, we love living here on the island. We moved here back to the island. My wife was born and raised on the island and has some fairly extensive family history here. And um, we decided about seven years ago to move onto the island here and raise our family. And so that's kind of how we wanted to do it. We wanted a place for our boys to have some culture. Uh, Lee County over the years hasn't really had much uh, much culture, much historical distinctives, and the island still is a place that has that and sort of a small town feel that, that we like, getting to know people and know your neighbors and whatnot. I'll bet Rachel was very happy to move back to the island. She was. It's very kindred to her. She was gone. She did her master's uh, and, and you know did some mental health uh, uh her master's in mental health psychology and things like that. So, um, and I had been, I spent a lot of my 20s in Appalachia in the mountains doing a lot of whitewater rafting, river guiding, and um, caving, high adventure type things like that. So, I, I often tell people I took my retirement in my 20s and, <laughs> and uh, just kind of flip flopped it. So, that was very smart of you. Uh, well, uh, time will tell. And you have a BS, I believe, or? I uh, I have a bachelor of arts. Bachelor yep. of arts. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. I'm I'm studied in uh, theology, philosophy, uh, things like that from a, a small private Christian institution. So many people, you know, go to school for one thing and then yeah. have professions in other areas right. and so forth. So, but from theology to firefighter, paramedic, and now uh, a B person, what was? And you, you mentioned that you did some whitewater rafting and yeah. like, what, what was kind of. Were these just opportunities that presented themselves or was there a, a plan or a progression of how we went kind of from, you know, certain the, the, the course of your focus? Yeah. So I could tell you, I could tell you about, about that. Um, so I, one of the problems I think with, um, I mean, this could get into a huge conversation. One of the problems I think with a lot of the young people now, I, I was told just go to college, go to college. You just need a degree. You just need a degree. Well, you've got lots of, of people from my age and stage who went to college, uh, got a degree in something that they couldn't get a job in or didn't necessarily want a job in, but they just were told that they needed a degree. So they went to get the degree, you know, an accredited degree. And um, after college, they're saying things like, well, I got to go back to college, you know, because I got to figure out what I want to do. And that's just, to me, not a productive, you know, plan forward. And um, to be able to... Uh, Right now, I'm especially passionate about talking to younger people and helping them have a strategic plan uh, for how to orient their lives from from you know those high school years on. Um, I've I've always sort of been a little bit of a thrill seeker. Um, 
in West Virginia. I loved, I didn't want to go to school somewhere in the uh, city, somewhere I wanted to be. I love the outdoors. I mean, we live here on the island. We love the outdoors. So I, I love the mountains. My, I grew up backpacking. My father would take me and my brothers backpacking on the Appalachian Trail. That was big to us, uh, very kindred. And uh, so when I graduated high school, uh, all I cared about in high school was football. I was captain of the Fort Myers High football team and uh, didn't really give much thought to college. I knew I was going to go, found a, a private school that was in line with my faith values and things like that. And I went, and as soon as I went, I, I started to do um, outdoor high adventure recreation things that I've always loved doing. So uh, West Virginia has some of the best white water in the world. And, and that really became sort of my uh, my passion and still is. I just, there's no white water around here. So, um, and then, you know, from there, realizing that I, I always had kind of a, a, a interest in firefighting. Didn't know exactly what all it looked like, but eventually I, I had seen some people that had done it, and I said, I could do that too. That's something I wanted to do. The schedule appealed to me because you can have 24 hours on is what we work, and then 48 hours off. So to be a family man and to be uh, pursue the things that I enjoyed. Bees, that's a whole different sort of avenue, the, the way I got into bees. I sort of got into, was became interested in, in honey, and uh, just tasting it, some of the island honeys were interesting. And nobody in my family previously was interested in bees. I, I have no background in bees. Um, but once I started kind of figuring about the honey, I said, well, I'll get some bees. And then once that started going and I was tasting the honey from the seasons and things like that, I, I just really kind of enjoyed it. And then when people started asking me to do bee removals, because once you get into bees, people say, oh, you're the bee guy. You're the bee guy. <laughs> and so people would have a hive somewhere and they'd say, hey, can you come move this? Can you come move this? And, you know, at first I was like, oh, sure, I'll, you know, I'll get some bees, uh, extra bees. But then eventually it was like, oh, this is actually something that most people monetize. And when I started getting enough calls, I just finally said, I, I'll monetize it and, uh, and be able to do that. So that's kind of how that took that whole course. Now, a lot of firefighters, paramedics, because you're both, correct? I'm both, yeah. I'm a firefighter paramedic. Uh, the minimum standards in Florida is to have your EMT. Mm -hmm. Every firefighter in Florida is at base an EMT, emergency okay. medical technician. And if you want to pursue uh, your career, uh, your higher credentialing, it comes with a pay increase and higher responsibility on the job, you can get your paramedic. So I went to school for my paramedic um, and uh, got that. It was the a great decision. Uh, but it, it required sacrifice and, and time away from the family and things like that. But it was, you know, anything worth doing uh, requires some sacrifice. So, so we're now, I know you work um, in the new fire station on Burnt Store right now. Where did you start? Did you start there? Is that your first firefighting adventure? Originally, originally, I was working for Seminole County Fire Department, and that was up in Central Florida. When we moved back here to uh, the area, because we only lived up in Central Florida for about two years while I was getting my fire career off and running. Um, and then we moved back here when I got into the Cape, uh, which is a great department where I always wanted to be. And uh, I believe my first station was Station 4. Then I got moved off to um, uh, off of Burnt Store Road, Station 11, now I'm over at six. They, yesterday was my first shift at Station Six, which is down off Chiquita and uh, Cape Coral Parkway. 
right there. So uh, I, I enjoy that station as well. But yeah, uh, 11, Station 11 off Burnstore Road, I've spent a good bit of time there and really enjoy it. Uh, we have uh, what's called a ladder truck there. Um, so it's a, kind of a specialty unit. But yeah, uh, every station has to have two paramedics at least on every shift, uh, or at least that's the goal. And so I, I kind of fit a, a little bit of a unique role there. Well, that helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And then well, how many fire stations do we have? I know we have one right over here on Stringfellow. Yeah, but... so the Pine Island Fire Department is different than Cape Coral Fire Department. A lot of people think, oh, you're in the fire department, and then they just automatically think, oh, it's, you know, Pine Island is the same. It's not the same. Pine Island, Matt Lachey is its own fire district, uh, and they have their own stations, their own chief, their own system, and everything like that. And then Cape Coral, um, you know, is its own entity as well. And Cape Coral, we're building our... 13th station right wow. now and i know uh you know as it relates to pine island fire department they just built that new one over there uh, almost into cape coral and so they're they're growing and, and looking towards the future i know and and they also just went als which um, i don't know if many of the island people know but als um you know means that they have paramedics uh, now. It used to be just EMTs. Okay. So now the firefighters will be paramedics as well. So that that provides an additional level of security and, and, and service to the people here in this community. It's important for them to be able to provide, you know, paramedic services uh, in that way before Lee County EMS gets there. Yeah, certainly. Well, that's exciting. And, you know, with the growth in the area too, I'm not surprised there's more fires, you know, fire stations opening up. I mean, how, look at how fast Cape Coral yeah. is growing. Yeah, yeah. Cape Coral, they've, in just the last several years, they've built a handful of new fire stations, and they're still planning. They're building 13 right now. They've got 14 and 15 in the plans. I mean, the population growth is just, you know, wild. And as you know, Pine Island's sort of moving. Uh, it's not as quickly as rapidly growing, but at the same time, people are coming, you know. They don't just put a Publix anywhere, so that's that. Well, tell, tell us about, it's so fascinating to ask you about being a firefighter and a paramedic, but let's let's talk about your business, your bee removal oh, okay. business. Yep. That's exciting, too. I couldn't believe the timing when I was at Jill's house and you came over. I'm like, wow, and I want to go back and watch you, and she said, no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, the, the bees, like I said, I, I love... Bees. I, I'm not a uh, uh, expert in all things bees as far as every stage of development. Every you know, I'm, I'm constantly learning. Every beekeeper will tell you it's a lot of trial and error. Uh, they're constantly students of you know the trade and what they do and, and things like that. But and different people get into different um, avenues of, of beekeeping that they maybe prefer. Some people do bees strictly for you know as pollinators. They, you know, will ship them out of state, out to California for almonds, things like that. They're not really concerned that much with honey. Uh, other people will, uh, you know, backyard beekeeping for fun, you know, to, to just have pollinators there on their in their yard and maybe harvest a little bit of honey. And uh, some people, you know, love doing baked goods from honey that they make and things like that. But uh, yeah, the the jobs that I'm I'm going to, I, I was surprised when I actually started to to make it an official business venture, you know, be, becoming, you know, insured and, and uh, I was already licensed to do it, but uh, how much need there is out there for it. You know, I, I was hoping if I just got a, you know, a call a month just for fun, um, but then people started calling and, and 
you know, I go. And the island here has a lot of bees, especially with a lot of the houses, they're elevated and things like that. So it's, it's especially uh, susceptible to bees coming in. And it's such an agricultural island as well. There's blossoming, blooming things all over the place all the time. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a, uh, land of milk and honey for the bees, you know. Milk and honey. <laughs> so, yeah. What attracts them? Like, why, is there any rhyme or reason to, like, why one house and not another? You mentioned raised homes and kind of what, kind of what are their favorite? In other words, it, this, unfortunately, very long-winded trying to say, what are signs that someone might have bees? If you kind of know what bees look for, then you might be, well, like we see wasps yeah, sure. all the time, right? But yeah. what are signs that bees might be investigating your home to form, you know, a nest? Well, you might see, you know, you might see a little scout, you know, come around and you won't be able to identify it as a scout. But if it's a lone bee and he's kind of buzzing around looking, he might go under your home and buzz back out. You know, he's, he's checking out the area and, uh, you know, so keep an eye on your house. The, the thing to be watching for sp specifically islanders, as I already said, is these homes that are elevated are, I mean, it's a perfect opportunity for bees. It's it's secure. It's safe. It's it's safe from the wind. It's safe from the elements. And, um, you know, it's a perfect, especially with the insulation, some of that uh, fiberglass insulation that's under the homes. They really like to get up in there. Again, it's very nice and tight. Bees like nice tight spaces so that insulation especially kind of provides that you know that that safe warm spot to be able to start uh you know starting a hive there and so so from there it just goes and especially here on the island we have a lot of snowbirds so people will leave for a lot of the bee season you know late spring uh you've got a honey flow in in the spring and so bees become incredibly active all through the summer and then into the fall honey flow, uh, you know, they're super active. Bees are swarming, looking for new homes. And uh, so a lot of people will come back in the state and find that they have bees. And, you know, that's where, that's where I, I go. You get in. phone calls. Yeah, that's where I get. <laughs> so the scout goes to home and finds something suitable, then... He heads back, back, yeah. He goes back to where they're hanging out right yeah, now. Yeah, And somehow the communication happens that says, hey, does some, <laughs> do then they kind of move in mass or, or? Yeah, they swarm. They'll, you know, hives will split and, uh, you know, the, they'll swarm. A, a queen will go, you know, to, to better places and set up and then they'll follow. So that's the, that's the way it goes. All the work of the, that the bees are doing is in and yeah, around it's, the queen. it's around the queen. The queen's, you know, she lays the eggs and uh, uh, basically in, enjoys that, and she'll lay tons and tons and tons of eggs. And everybody else is just working in the service of the queen. So, and if the queen dies, they'll create new queens. Uh, they have queen cells that, uh, uh, once hatched, they will uh, cultivate and feed the royal jelly and. and establish that as the queen so um yeah they're always they're always working for the good of the colony you know and the honey that we like to then use for tea and cooking yeah to your points what are they using it for the bees yes oh they yeah they they eat it too they store it yeah. oh okay yeah that's food what they, for them. yeah 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 so they'll store it for the winter so it can kind of get them through the winter oh uh, during the cold times yeah, okay yeah. all right so are, is there something else for them to eat during the warmth? Or uh, well, are they too busy working and it's kind of, this is more... Yeah, they're going out, they're going out 
Yeah, there's there's no lack of food. There's no lack of pollen. There's no lack of you know, okay. resources. Like I said, especially here on the islands. So, um, and a lot of times you can see if you you can see bees that are looking for new homes because uh, when they do swarm, you'll see a big ball of bees, and it might be hanging on a tree. It might be you know the queen is in there. Oh, and, okay. uh, you know they'll be hanging on a tree or something like that. And, you know, they've got the other bees that are going out looking for a place to finally establish. And then they'll move there and try to set up wherever that is. So. Do we know? <laughs> this is fascinating. I mean, like, it is. <laughs> is the ball moving and the queen stays inside? Or is the queen moving the ball keeps her <laughs> surrounded and protected? Yeah, the if ball kind of, yeah, no, the ball kind of keeps her surrounded and protected. Okay. And and there's, again, I'm I'm not a, a uh, you know, bee expert in all things. So <laughs> yeah. the communication, the, you know, all the specific inner workings, you know, I, I'm still learning all those things. But yeah, they, they the queen, it, it works hand in hand. They follow the queen and the queen responds to sort of what the intelligence, if you want to say that the hive is receiving from these scouts where to go and, and, and what to do and, and what works so and then when she says it's time it's it's time now when you go and move a hive yeah to your house yeah, or sure. wherever do you try to find the queen yeah so sometimes if it's a smaller hive it's a lot easier to find the queen some of these homes and, and lately the hives that i've been moving um have been very large and it's very difficult to find the queen at least maybe for some people it's not but you know for me where i'm at in the stage it's it requires a lot of time you're in the dark sometimes under these houses so yeah i have lights and things but um you know watching kind of the bee activity what they do you can kind of tell maybe where she might be um you know, and as you start to break that hive down and, and remove comb and things like that, you can kind of tell maybe if you've got her, um, they will, they will, if you have the queen on a piece of comb and you've removed it, the other bees will go to her. So you'll watch them marching, you know, into the new box or whatever. And then you'll be fairly assured that you have the queen. Well, I saw a video where you were actually removing a comb, and I'm yeah. like, how can you do that? Were they sleeping? I mean, how did you do yeah, that? Yeah, okay, so the, there's different, this is where, this is where, it, when you, I have something called a bee vacuum. Uh, it is not a shop vac, even though <laughs> it can be, it can be confused with a shop vac. It's specifically designed by beekeepers. Every bee removal person I would assume, and, and that I know, has one. Um, it sucks the bees up at a low pressure, puts them into uh, a, a bucket, and uh, keeps them alive in there. Uh, and so on some of these larger hives, I will vacuum uh, or gently uh, suck up <laughs> as many of these bees as, as possible uh, so that then I can actually work with the comb, remove the comb, you know, take it where it needs to go and, and so on and so forth. So once I'm actually removing comb, um, I've kind of removed most of the bees off of it, but there's still, it's, it, it becomes, one of the tricks is, is removing comb that's full of honey is once that comb breaks, it, the goal is to keep it intact because once that comb breaks, 
Honey goes everywhere. Oh. Turns into a big sticky mess. The bees automatically start going towards that honey that's, you know. Oh, okay. So then it just, and they can't sustain themselves in dripping honey everywhere all over. So it just turns into a big mess. So the goal is to be able to keep it intact as as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. Now, bees are known for stinging. So how does one even begin to approach a removal from a home where the bees are unwanted in terms of, I, I mean, I, if you're just running up there with your non-shop bag bee yeah. vacuum, that's one thing. But are, is there, is there, uh, I assume you've got I mean, clothing on and some yeah, other Yeah, and um, this is, this is, we've, we have, you know, we've got our, our bee suit. Some people like a full body bee suit that goes all the way down and they cover up every every nook and cranny where a bee could get in. Some of us are a little bit more reckless uh, with it. You know, I've, I've got a top, um, you know, and a veil and things like that, or a hood, I guess you'd call it. And, um, you know, just wear kind of jeans and, and boots, you know, while I do it to, to try to prevent them from getting in that way. But usually what you do uh, as you sort of assess the bees you know, every bee has every not bee, but every hive has its own um, uh, temperament. I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, animals. You don't think of bees as, like you think of them as insects. You don't think of them as having specific temperaments. But um, every hive is a little bit different. So when you kind of go in, you see just how active they are, how aggressive they are. Um, you know, we take smoke. I take smoke on every job. Uh, so you've got a, a smoker. And once you can kind of smoke them, that sort of calms them down, uh, kind of messes up their, you know, sensory, you know, capabilities and uh, makes them draw more into the hive. So once you do that, that kind of gives you a little bit more of a uh, capacity to work with the bees, depending on how aggressive they are. And then, yeah, after that, then you can start to, um, depending again on the size of the hive, if it's a huge hive, I'll, I'll start right away vacuuming uh, otherwise i'll uh you know figure out a good way to to just get them down so after you've done the removal at the house are you then trying to relocate the hive per se or are you just trying to relocate the bees to a better place for them that you know is not on somebody's house or in their wall or whatever the case yeah i mean and you talk about possibly breaking the comb, so I assume that's something that happens routinely. Oh, yes. Or you yes, would know it yes. was a big sticky mess. So yes. you can't really take it in whole, I would assume, particularly on the larger ones. So do they know that that was theirs and you can put that there and help them reestablish your new home? Or after you've got yeah, them the, collected, what's the next Yeah, step? you don't have to save the whole hive um, as far as when I say the hive, all of the comb. Um, you've got their eggs, uh, you've got brood, uh, things like that. So if you can get some of their eggs and, and brood and things like that with maybe a frame or two uh, of honey or the opposite, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, frames of brood and, you know, frame of honey or something like that, um, then you can put the bees from my vacuum uh, bucket back in there. And if as long as the queen is there, um, you know, with them, they'll pretty readily take that new hive on and if it's large enough but some of these hives are are so large so um i've given them to other beekeepers as well like if i don't have you know the capacity uh, or the time when things really start picking up i can give them to other beekeepers that i know who who like to have them or you know whatever but you definitely bees will travel you know it can travel three to five miles you know uh and, and then come back to their hive so you don't want to relocate them you know 
too uh, too close to the location they were taken, uh, or they may you know find their way back. Oh, okay. So almost like uh, homing pigeons. Not yeah, term, sure. But I mean, you move them far enough away so they don't find the old spot. Right, 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 right. We have a friend in Wisconsin, Kelsey. She she's been uh, keeping bees and hives for quite a while, and she has two young boys like you, and they love it too. Yeah. You know, do your do your sons? Um. So. My oldest son, he's not super interested. Um, my youngest son, he uh, he is interested in in, um, in st- you know, in as much as a five year old can be interested, um, he picks up on things that he really uh, thinks are kind of interesting. I, I watched him one time playing with what he called his bee boxes and things like that, and that was another thing that actually, this is a side note, but that prompted me to actually formally create a business out of it was that I wanted my sons to see um, business working. I wanted my sons to see, you know, of all the options that uh, that they have out there, even if they aren't interested in bees or firefighting, um, things like that, 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 that they see modeled hard work, that they see modeled, um, you know, going out, uh, doing a job, doing a job well, and, uh, and, and earning you know, in that capacity so that if they are are interested, they have options. That's important to me uh, to model those kind of things for my kids. So whether they take advantage of that opportunity or not is, is up to them. Mm-hmm. So. I think it's adorable. They had the little beast, you know, outfits on uh-huh. and everything. It's, yeah, yeah. It, it, it probably takes a little bit of getting used to it. My, my yard has bees all over the place at this point. So they're getting, <laughs> they're becoming, they're unaware, but they're becoming uh, very familiarized with bees and things like that. So uh, my oldest son had a bee on his shirt the other day and he took off running, you know, <laughs> screaming through the yard. I, bloody murder, I thought it was, you know, but my youngest, he'll just, you know, he would just say, oh, you know, there it is. Mm-hmm. So everybody reacts, you know. How many, I don't even know the right term, combs or you talk about your capacity. So you, you're a beekeeper at home as well then? Yeah, yeah, I have some of my own hives. Uh, that was, you know, again, how I got started. Um, it was just a hobby. It was kind of something that, this sounds silly, but it was something that nobody, people don't like, be, even 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 people who are in pest control don't particularly like dealing with bees, I found, because they sting. You know, people don't, it, they're, it's not something that's always quick and easy. It's not something, uh, you know, they can exterminate them. They can treat the area. But even even now, a lot of the uh, uh, pest control companies and things like that are starting to become a little bit more bee sensitive. And homeowners and and people are becoming more uh, uh, aware of you know the plight of bees. We'll say where they want to actually protect them if all po- if at all possible. And a lot of these pest control companies just don't have the time or capacity to to do those live removals. Um, so yeah, if I bring them home. Um, I, when I first started, you know, I didn't really, it was something that I wanted to have a hobby. I told you that in West Virginia, uh, where I lived, uh, I had hobbies, just tons of hobbies, outdoor hobbies. And down here, I didn't really have any. So this was something that I kind of was like, well, nobody can really dictate it for me, tell me what to do. Nobody can, you know, get their hands in it because nobody wants to get their hands in it. You know, they're bees, uh, you know, except for me. So that's what kind of started that. So yeah, I bring it home. Uh, the hives home, and I could try to establish them there if at all possible. And, um, you know, so what we call freebies. 
uh, but they're not free, uh, obviously. The, that's another element of the job that people probably don't understand is, um, you know, when you do a live removal and you price a live removal, you're taking into, you're not just removing it from their home, but the homeowner has to be aware that, you know, I have expenses on the other side, B boxes, you know, B equipment, things like that, where you're, you know, where I'm taking it to, to try to keep these bees alive. Uh, so that's a whole nother element of it. Um, you know, that probably the, the average homeowner doesn't know. They just say, Hey, I want these bees gone, uh, but I want to keep them alive. Okay. And then you, and then you price the job sometimes and, you know, it, it, it takes a little bit more work than just coming out and spraying a bunch of bees and killing them. Yeah. You know, so. What would you say the percentage of people want want to save them versus they want you to just kill them? Well, most of the people that call me are wanting to save them because I don't I don't uh, kill them. Um, okay. So, if uh, if if I do if you know if if they do need to be you know God forbid exterminated, um, I work closely uh, with a, a pest control guy that that I trust and and he's he doesn't like to to exterminate bees you know but. Uh, it, if, you know, there's people have reasons that they need it, you know, if somebody could be extremely allergic and, and they're in the walls, things like that, you know, and they block walls, things like that, you know, they've got to manage that. But the percentage, um, most of the people that call me want them, want them alive. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've seen on Facebook, you say, what about these bees? And they said, oh, don't kill them. They didn't even ask, you know, for their opinion, you know, so people really want them saved. Yeah, I think people people like mm-hmm. like bees, but they don't like to mess with bees. <laughs> I guess we'll say that. So, yeah. well, and, and Florida's a good climate, is it not? Because I think bees can suffer from cold or die in the cold, so we don't really have much of a cold streak. In yeah, the far south. So yeah, if you start, you know, following, you know, beekeepers and things like that up north, there's a whole other element, winter element, you know, and down south we have a little bit of it, but. Um, there's not as many things blooming, you know, in the winter time. But uh, so again, food sources are warm. yeah. There's still things down and around, you know, here there that they're after, but just not as plentiful as say the fall or the spring or even all throughout the summer. But yeah, up north people will wrap their hives and try to keep the bees alive and you know insulate the hives as best they can so that they don't uh, you know freeze to death. And yeah, I think Kelsey had a had that happen to her, and she had to find someone. Yeah. To get bees from. Yeah. Yeah. She's pretty sad about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's work. It's not, you know, you, you got to stay up. There's things that, that can um, collapse a hive naturally. Uh, Varroa mites are a big uh, uh, problem for bees that can kill a whole hive, um, mm. infect a whole hive. And hive beetles are something that down here in Florida uh, we specifically have. So once you have bees, you know, there's two schools of thought. Some people like to really treat their bees. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, with different types of, uh, in, I guess it would be insecticides if you're trying to get rid of varroa mites or, or beetles, things like that in your hive. Um, and then there's, so there's that camp. And then there's another camp that is more of a hands-off, uh, you know, just let the bees do their thing approach. And those sort of I don't involve myself too much in those debates, but the people who really, really are deep, deep into it, those are uh, people have very strong uh, opinions, you know, one way or the other about those topics. I, I will say for me, I, I don't like the idea of, of putting chemicals. Oh, goodness. I, 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 now I'm commenting on it. <laughs> <laughs> for me, I, 
bees are bees. You know, they, they live, they live and they do their thing. Um, you know, and I don't like the idea of putting um, pesticides or any kind of chemical in with my bees and then eating honey out of it. And some people do. Some people have the timing right and they, they you know, they do that. And I'm, I'm not going to cast any stones, you know, but for me, I, I tend to try to aid them as best I can and let them do their thing. So you just mentioned eating honey. Um, take us through what it's like from the hive to the honey that might sit on our table or that we buy off the store shelves or from somebody that raises bees. Okay, so I, I can only tell you kind of for me how we do it. Um, I know that there are people who, I know that there are people who, there's a process, you know, the commercial process is is fairly, I guess, involved and I'm not really, I'm not really in that. What I do is I uh, have what's called a honey spinner uh, and so I will take my frames uh, of honey and they are capped. You know, honey's done when it's capped. Uh, and so you take a big knife and you can slice off the caps uh, of those frames and then you stick it in your uh, honey extractor and then you spin it. And it spins the frames around and it shoots all of the honey out to the outside of this barrel. And then that honey comes down and then you have a tap at the bottom, which it's the fun part. You open up the tap after you've done, you know, however many frames. And they're heavy. They're, they're pretty heavy. And it's just honey, you know, gallons of honey, you know, pouring out, depending on how many frames you've spun. And, and that's always fun. That was before the hurricane um, when I was harvesting a lot more honey and stuff like that. That was always fun for our family. We'd always get together and, um, you know, it was my thing, but they always started everybody starts to huddle around because they want to taste the honey and things like that um and that everything's trial and error as well i you know once i initially originally what i did was i would take the the frames i would scrape off all of the comb and then i would uh strain that squeeze that down and then just the honey comes out and i can bottle you know you can bottle that uh, uh-huh. you know that's raw unfiltered mm-hmm. honey um same way with the spinner when i spin it out the benefit of um, not crushing the comb is that, you know, it's like, it's like a cup. If I, if I take this cup and I, uh, break it, uh, to get what's inside of it, then I need, I've got what's inside of it, but I need a new cup now. So when you keep the comb intact, it really helps the bees. Now all they have to do is instead of spending all the effort to build up their comb, they can kind of refill the cup. Um, so they're into recycling then. It would sound like yeah. that. Yeah, you could. Uh, yeah, if you, if, if you benefit, uh, if you help them that <laughs> way. So I anymore, I, it kills me to see comb uh, go to waste yeah. uh, in a hive. If, if I can encourage people to not crush it, it would only help. The, I mean, it would only help their honey productivity. So someone, I don't even know if this is true, but they said that... I might not either, so go ahead. But they had told me years ago that you should um, eat honey from where you live. Yeah. Because, have you heard that? So I would like to tell you, uh, I hear people say that. That's something they say all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And who, you know, who am I to tell them uh, that they have no benefits from local honey? Because, I mean... The amount of people that I contact me about local honey is a lot. You know, they say my allergies, you know, so mm-hmm. on and so forth. Uh, I had heard somebody who knows much more than me, which is most everybody when it comes to the actual science of all of this. Um, uh, you know, they said that that's actually false. Okay. Um, 
to tell you the source, I, I heard it on uh, Joe Rogan interviewed somebody about bees. Had a big long three hour thing. And <laughs> she said, uh, she said, oh, that's that's false. There's okay. no uh, no truth to that. But uh, on the same token, you know, honey has a lot of benefits, you know, for people, and so. So if they are eating local honey and they experience, you know, what they feel are, are relief from their symptoms, then mm-hmm. eat more of it, you know, keep doing it. Yeah. So uh, it's everybody, it's a win for everybody. Yeah. So. so you talked about you try to save the bees from having to rebuild the comb. So if you were to have to get a new frame for the hive yeah. or something, like, is, is that literally then just an outer structure and they build the entire the, the calling will build it up, or does that kind of come preloaded with something? Because it's yeah, kind so of a waxy. Yeah, yeah. There's so it depends. It depends on how you do it. There's uh, you've got the frames, and there's a foundation uh, on there, and those are kind of a you can they come kind of pre-waxed with just a really 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 thin sort of a wax coating that kind of gives them something to start working with and building out from that. Um, there's also uh, there's also foundation that is entirely uh, wax that they can actually build out. And that's where you go to the store and you'll see the actual, um, you know, they chop blocks of the comb. So you can actually utilize the the foundation because it's wax and they have utilized it that way. And, you know, the only thing, um, yeah, sometimes they'll put some wires, some kind of guide wires in there to give it some structure, but um, they're, you know, not a problem. So, yeah, there's there's a couple of different ways to do it, and you know, when I go into a, a hive, uh, you know, that's the ideal, that's the picturesque comb. You know, thick and and really just large amounts of of, of comb. Unfortunately, I, I I don't like to harvest for eating uh, honey that has come out of hives that are under people's homes because you've got the you know the fiberglass insulation and treated lumber all these different things you know and if i don't have to you know see if i don't have to eat it you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna risk it that way but so think back now if you could um there have to be some funny interesting or crazy situations for for which you've been asked to remove a thing like where you had to go to get it or the situation that you found yourself in or you know just yeah, I don't know that there's a standard one. I'm not suggesting that, but maybe some that that stick out in your mind as memory. Yeah, yeah. Every you know, every situation is different. Um, every every hive is different. Every you know, there's a lot of similarities between them all. Um, it's always fun to me to kind of see when someone says they have bees, and then once you actually find that comb, like how big is it? Uh, you know, I, I recently did one um, that uh, was over in Boquilla where I was under the impression that it wasn't very large and then when i got underneath it was much 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 more extensive than uh what i uh, had thought uh so that was that was you know that was that was a a big job (laughs) and um the bees were uh, a lot and there was several hives Um, some of these homes have several hives just the other day I, i had a house that had four hives underneath you know the same house um, yeah. So, and they were all very large uh, in all four corners of the of the house. Um, you know, the the funny parts are, you know, when you get stung and things like that. And uh, you know, the other day I got stung pretty good because of a fault of my own. It was after I had 
you know, done all the things uh, for the day. And I came back and uh, I had my bee vacuum where I was getting ready to relocate these bees. And um, I, I sort of uncapped the, the barrel uh, on accident and the bees just started pouring out. And uh, I got, I got about five stings on my left eye so here. They were mad at you, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Yeah, they weren't happy. Yeah, they they weren't. They didn't want to stay in the in the uh, bucket. Vacuum. So yeah, in the vacuum. So they came out, but I I rather than have the whole hive come out in a couple seconds and be all over my yard, I had to sort of you know fall on the sword and and close it up while they were oh. you know getting after me. So, but you know those sorts of things it comes with the territory. So if you can't take a couple stings, you can't really do the job. But um, so to have. Four under a house seems unusual. I mean, out yeah. of nature, are, are hives located that close together? Or because to your earlier points about how protected it is underneath the home, that maybe four different, because those are four queens and four whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, it, it doesn't really matter uh, oh, wow. as much as I know. Um, it doesn't seem to matter how close they are. I mean, you think about an apiary. You think about how close those beehives are uh, okay. in an apiary. Um and then naturally, you know, they're going to go, they're going to go to, you know, the, the best areas and the pheromones, you know, typically where there's some bees, you know, it draws more bees. Ah. So uh, that's why, you know, in this, uh, in some of these homes, you'll see one big hive and then not far down, you'll see another one. If it's had time to mature and grow and things like that, it just becomes a hot spot for bees. And and really in truth, if, if, if people want to, keep that from happening on a very, very regular basis. I can't promise that the bees aren't going to come back. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't, <laughs> they're bees, you know. People need to probably um, uh, have treatments if they're not able to stay on top of their homes and, and you know, keep an eye on those things as they're out of town. People need to uh, stay on top of that to make sure that they're taking preventative measures through, um, you know, whatever kind of pest control, you know, they need to, to keep them from setting up Every single season. Would you say it's dangerous to have a beehive at, at your house? You can't just ignore it? Um, oh, yeah. So I would say to have a beehive, like if you knew that there's a hive under your house mm -hmm. and just say, oh, I just want to let them be there. You know, Let the bees be. Yeah, let the bees be. It's going to turn into a problem. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's All right, I didn't know problem. that. Yeah, it will. Uh, the, because if they have a good spot, they're just going to roll. They're going to keep going. They're going to uh, continue to build out and, uh, you know, grow the colony. So... What starts out as you see one or two bees just happily buzzing, you know, in and out of this area of your home is quickly going to turn into, uh, especially on this island with as much resources for the bees as there are here, it's going to turn into um, uh, a nuisance at, uh, you know, best, uh, a real danger at worst if, if you let it go. Well, it's so, good to know. I, I had no idea. I thought you could just ignore them but well no. they'll keep yeah they'll keep they'll keep growing they'll okay. keep going and it turns into a, a really big and if it's in your walls and things like that Ooh. um that turns into a big problem because they'll they'll take that space and they'll run with it so who knows how big it could be have you had to do many where you've had to go into walls to get them there's a lot of them that are, are in walls really yeah there's a lot of them that are in walls you have to do like a cutout and you know pull out or or at the bottom of uh sheds mm -hmm. uh, things like that that's a super uh, susceptible area sheds underneath of sheds things like that so so if it's a quiet place like you said people leave the island for a few months or yeah. whatever and a shed might be kind of quiet too they prefer quiet rather than or um, it doesn't they just matter. they just prefer 
if they have a, a good spot to use, they'll use it. And okay. if the resources are around, they'll they'll stay there. So until they're, you know, forced to leave or, or moved or whatever else, they'll set up. So, so I don't know if they're if you can expand to be business brief. Is there any other? You just start and you say, "Hey, I thought I'd get a month or call yeah. to keep myself busy." Now it's a whole separate line and yeah. teaching your boys about hard work and that yeah. kind of stuff. You see an expansion in in terms of that. Um, the expansion really for me comes with, um, I care, I care about more than expansion. I care about my name and my reputation. I care about me doing what I say I'm going to do, um, for the people that I say I'm going to do it for the way I, I say I'm going to do it. I want, I want to have good business practices and, and my name is more important to me than than the amount I'm able to bring in or um, uh, you know, expansion, things like that. Uh, I also I also love this island and I love the community here. So getting to meet people, getting to help people, um, getting to uh, uh, just do right by them to me is is everything. So if I never if I never expand, um, you know, beyond. Uh, uh, any, any, you know, certain size that, that that's fine with me as long as I'm able to do good business. Um, expansion looks like it, not everybody can do removals, you know, live removals. So, um, it, it does take a little bit of, you've got to teach somebody, they've got to be able to be, you know, it comes under certain licenses and things like that. Uh, I really do like to, uh, like I said, I work closely with uh, a guy who uh, does, um, pest control and if we can work hand in hand to um, keep bees away from areas that, that you know, that, that people don't need bees, and uh, I can uh, get bees from areas where they already are, and we can just do good business, you know, by as many people as we can. I, you know, I, I'll ex- I'll expand as much as I'm able to, you know, as long as I can keep doing a quality of work that I can stand behind. That's what matters to me. Have you thought about teaching or mentoring or, you know, someone that's really interested in bees? Uh, yeah, well, you know, it's if somebody came along and said, hey, I, I'd like to come along with you and see what you do, I, you know, I could, you know, bring them under a house or two and, and show them, you know, what, <laughs> what to do. But it's not something that a lot of people are flocking to do, live bee removal. Um, right. Again, they would rather spray it and, and be done with it. But okay. so. And then if people need your assistance yeah best to get a hold of you via yeah uh, they can just call me um uh i have a website uh andersonbremoval.com uh, my phone number i don't know who hears this but 239-322-0881 uh, that's my personal number you can call uh text me whatever uh facebook i try to be a presence on the island uh on some of the the facebook platforms just contact me and uh, if I can't help you, I uh, can promise you that I can put you in touch with somebody who can or get your situation resolved. So, you know, people will say, you know, on Facebook, who can I contact? And then they'll say your yeah. name. I've seen that on Facebook. Yeah. And pages. there's, there's a lot of, I, I, I don't mean to downplay myself. Uh, I can, I can remove hives. I can do all those things. Beekeeping, uh, there's, there are some real experts in the field who, really have spent years and years and years um, doing it uh, that I, I greatly respect too. So, um, you know, as long as you're willing to learn and, and, and have resources available to you, you know, there's, 
you know, help help us out there, and, and you know, I can tap those resources for you. So, very cool. Now, is there anything you wanted to talk about we didn't talk about today? Have we covered everything? It's um, been fascinating. You can tell from the questions we're asking. We're just fascinated with yeah, what you're doing. No, I, I um, just just simply that you know. I love this island. I love meeting the people here. I, I really do care about the people. Um, one of the things that um, over this last year, especially with the hurricane, um, things like that, that's made me more passionate about business and passionate um, about just serving people um, because that's genuinely my heart. Um, you know, bees, bee, I love bees, but the thing that draws me to bee business, we'll say, is the fact that I can give, provide people a service, as I've kind of already said, that I can stand behind. It's, it's cut and dry. I can either do it for you or I can't. It's either done or it isn't. Um, and, you know, this last year with, with so many people on the island uh, with the hurricane, and, you know, that's kind of a whole uh, area we haven't talked about, but there have been so many, and I've been witness firsthand to people who have, taken advantage of people, um, you know, unlicensed contractors, people who've, you know, scammed people out of money, um, people who have, um, their reputation is, is the last thing that they care about. Um, and deception is, is the name of the game. I, I really pride myself uh, in being able to meet people, develop a relationship with them that they can trust uh, and, and provide for them a service uh, that, that helps them. Um, because I, I, I have to live with myself, you know, I have to be able to sleep at night and, uh, um, you know, I, I, I love building relationships with people on this Island. So I would say that that's kind of my heart in, as it relates to business. And I'm sure, I'm sure they appreciate you. I, I, you know, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I hope I, uh, I can do more good than bad, I guess. Sure you can. So. Well, thank you. This has been great. Thanks for coming out to see us. Yeah, sure. Appreciate thank it. you for you were, having me. You were fabulous. You are fabulous at this. So great voice. Well, I, uh, I've never been on a podcast before. I listen to a lot of them. but uh... Well, Rogan's <laughs> number one, I think. Yeah, yeah. he's a big guy. I, I, I listen to him every now and again. His podcasts are like, you know, sometimes three and a half hours. And I just don't have, like you said it for the show right. the bandwidth to be able to do that so uh but you know if you're driving working in the yard what you can yep. listen yep. to removing podcasts. a hive under a house mm -hmm. there you go. well you <laughs> want to pay attention yeah. don't you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you want to concentrate right but, exactly yeah. and that's why i don't usually listen. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah no this this has been fabulous uh good. i think you're doing a good thing and i, I really appreciate Thanks. it well we appreciate uh, you coming out this has been great yeah of course any anytime i'm glad to help in, in any way I can. So Thank you. Sure. We hope you enjoyed our Pine Island Experience podcast. If you have any ideas for us, people to interview, or any comments, please feel free to email them to us at pineislandexperience at gmail.com. That's pineislandexperience, all one word, at gmail.com. Don't forget to like us, and you may subscribe to this podcast using all the major catchers like Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Thanks again for listening, and remember, island life is a constant vacation. We'll see you on the next podcast.